Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Hello, 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 hello. This is R.C. Blakes, and I want to be, well, hopefully one of the first to say to you, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You, you and I, we have made it through another calendar year. Isn't that something? That God has kept us with all of the things that are going on in the world. You and I are still here. That alone is something to be grateful for and to be thankful for. We may not have uh, everything that we desire. Life may not be perfect. It really never is. But God has us here for a reason. And for that, I decided to come in and to just wind the old year down and bring the new year end with you in with you rather end the old year and bring the new year in ah and so i want to deal with something that we dealt with in uh church tonight making a contract with myself for 2022 this has been a tradition of mine uh, for a few years now, and I think last year I kind of shared it with some of you as the Spirit of God led me to develop this contract with yourself. And so today, tonight, whenever you're watching this, I want to go through this with you. Now, a contract is a legally binding agreement that defines and governs the rights and even the duties between, um, you know, one or more parties. A contract is legally enforceable when it meets the requirements of applicable law. A contract typically involves the exchange of goods, services, money, or a promise um, of any of those things. And we make a lot of contracts with a lot of people. You know, we make contracts to buy houses, to buy cars, to get married. We really make contracts. But how few of us ever really make a contract with the most important person in our lives besides God, and that's ourselves. If you don't have an agreement with yourself, and if you allow yourself to run uh, without borders or boundaries, and if there's no government, you know, for you yourself, if you're not holding yourself to a certain standard and, you know, to certain parameters, where is your life going? You're like a ship without a sail. You're just drifting. Everybody talks about destiny, but destiny is not completely 
a divine responsibility. It is actually a contract between a few people, really, a few entities. Number one, it's a contract between you and God. In other words, what you will do for God. If you want to live the best version of your life, you're going to have to have an agreement between you and God. What you will do for God. What is what is your life's purpose? That's all about what I'm going to do for God. Then it's a contract between God and you. What God will do for you. But then finally, destiny boils down to a contract between you and yourself. Who's going to police you? To make certain that you keep your end of the bargain. No one has to police God. He polices himself. But who's going to police you? If you're, if you're still waiting for somebody to come and to wake you up, to get you started, you're in trouble. If you're still waiting on somebody to come and to motivate you, you're in trouble. At some point in life, you're going to have to have a contract with yourself where you hold yourself accountable to the things that are necessary for you to perform at optimum level and to experience the best life has for you. So what will you do to ensure that you evolve into your preferred future. You have a vision. You have a destiny. You have potential. But do you have a contract with yourself? Out of the window with all of these resolutions. We need to make contracts with ourselves that we do not break. Because many times we are upset with God and we're even angry with the devil when we have not finished the process on our end. So will this be another year for you that you just kind of, you know, go into a new year aimlessly, no discipline, no direction, no, no boundaries, no parameters, no rule, no law concerning you. It's, I think you should have learned by now that it's not enough to just throw your hands in the air and, and say, I'm going to pray about it. You can pray all of you want. If you don't do your part, if you don't show up for yourself, if you, if you don't stop sitting around here waiting on somebody to show up and be the superhero in your life and save the day and get off of your bottom and make up your mind that you're going to do what is necessary for you to experience the best. You'll be sitting in the same position next year and the year after that and the year after that. And if you don't watch yourself, you'll do like the majority of people do. You will die with a life full of potential that was never maximized 
because you never held yourself to a certain standard. And you, you went through life blaming everybody for your own lack of development and your own lack of discipline. So let's get into it. These are the things that the Spirit of God gave me for this year. Well, if you go to Habakkuk chapter 2, there's, there's a scripture for you. Verses 2 and 3, it says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. What is the vision? It is the, it is the plan for your life. It is the destiny that God has. It is the purpose spoken over your life. And make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. He said, the Lord says, write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. God gives the vision. God reveals the vision. God then says, it's your responsibility to write the vision, make it plain, and be so about your vision and your business that you're reading it on the run. Now, number one, contract with myself. Number one, I am managing my present to manifest my future. I am managing my present to manifest my future. Everybody's talking about manifesting. That's a buzzword now for some reason. Manifesting. You know, everybody says they're woke, so now they're going to manifest. But the thing I've discovered about being woke is that you can be woke and still not get up. And if you don't get up, you're still not going to get anything done. You can be conscious and still sit on your behind and waste and squander a whole day. So I am managing my present to manifest my future. There is no manifesting without management first. You know, we see all of this stuff on the Instagram, and sometimes this stuff is not necessarily healthy for you because you're looking at all of this stuff these people are putting on there, and you, 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 know, you think you want all of that stuff. But the thing people fail to tell you, number one, if it's real, the stuff that they're posting, if it's real even, a lot of that stuff is make-believe, they just kind of, you know, prop, put props in the situation to make themselves look a little better or a lot better. But if it's real and if people are really accomplishing that, the thing most people never really share with you is that you don't manifest that kind of life without a certain level of management. See, you have to, you have to effectively manage level one to graduate to level two. And while you're on level one, you know, peeping over in, you know, across the, the fence into the yard, looking onto the grass of the person that's at level two, you should have been paying attention to their management. Because if you're going to manifest your future, it's not going to happen until you manage your present situation. 
So what do you have in your hands right now? How are you managing that? That's the question. How are you managing that? You, 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 look, you look on the Instagram and you see everybody with the Rolls Royces, the Bentleys, the Bugattis and all of that. But how is your Toyota doing? Have you changed the oil? Are the tires bald because you did not get them rotated? Is your car full of uh, McDonald's and Popeye's bags, fast food bags of whatever kind, of whatever sort is in your part of the world? How are you managing what you presently have? Because I have to manage my present. This is a contract I'm making with myself. I am managing my present to manifest my future. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If you can't manage a little, you'll never be trusted with a lot. Now, there are four key areas to manage. Area A, I must manage my time intentionally. I can no longer just sit around here, you know, without, without giving my time a purpose. I have to have an agenda for every hour. This is how you squander a complete and total life. It is when you, you, you fail to manage your time intentionally and you're just shooting from the hip. And you're just letting people eat up your time and waste your time. When people waste your time, they waste your life. If you're going to manifest your future, you have to begin to manage your time. Letter B, man, I must manage my money for increase. I got to take these few little dollars I have and I have to put them in order. I have to budget the little money I have. If I ever want to get to a place where a budget is really not even an issue for me anymore, I have to budget now. And even when I get to that place, it's going to be ingrained in my mind that I, I can only go so far and no further. I heard LeBron James say that uh, he still uses um, the version, uh, one of the apps, the music apps, Pandora, he uses the version that still has commercials because he refuses to pay for the version that doesn't have it. Here's a man that's probably nearly a billionaire if he's not one already. But if you're going to, if you're going to manifest your future, you must manage your time, you must manage your money. Now, already you see that you're going to need some, somebody to coach you, somebody to mentor you, somebody to counsel you, somebody to help you. If you're going to live your life at the highest level, let, let us see. I must manage my emotions. Now, we automatically think when, when I say that, that I'm talking directly to women. Of course, I am talking to women, but I'm not just talking to women. There are a whole lot of dudes that are too emotional. And what happens is when your, your emotions are not managed, you squander and dismantle the best version of your life. You dismantle your future. God is putting some things together, but because you're so emotional, you can't shut your mouth up. You can't control your anger. Bruh, bruh, bruh. How you, how you going to king? How you going to be a king if you can't manage your emotions at the drop of a dime? You ready to fight? Come on, man. Come on, man. 
We must deal with our trauma and we must deal with our triggers and we must deal with our temperament to manifest what we desire. And this is a personal responsibility. Let your feelings move through you, but don't let feelings sit in your spirit. Don't sit in your feelings. Allow, allow yourself to feel that stuff, breathe, and let that stuff go because you have to manage your emotions if you're going to manifest your future. And then letter D, I have to manage my growth. It's important for me to look at myself and be able to objectively say, you're not growing enough, and then be able to determine what I need to be able to grow. Because no one's going to come in and save the day. No one's going to come in uh, and say to you, well, you know, my daughter, my youngest daughter, uh, called and talked talked with me the other day and she was saying to me some things that she thought I should uh, uh, be concerned about and should should do some things differently and then she said but who am I I said well you're my daughter and you're one of the people in the world that don't have an agenda and you love me and you have my best interests at heart that's who you are but it's my responsibility to manage my growth because most people in life don't have people who will tell them the truth. Come on now. And when you don't have a daughter like that, that will say to you, Dad, I know the world is saying, ah, and all this about you, but I think you need to look at this, 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 and this. You have to manage your own growth. Now, here's a confession because I'm taking too much time. I want you to repeat after me. I am managing my life for optimum outcomes. I will manage my nickels until they become dimes. What I do today is creating the tomorrow I deserve. I will not be moved by feelings or circumstances. I will make the, I will make the most of everything I have. Number two, contract with yourself. I am only competing with the best version of me and no one else. I'm not competing with the Instagram. I'm not competing with the people on the job. I'm not competing with the people in the neighborhood. I will not be jealous or envious of anyone because God has not put me in the world to compete with others. I'm an original. I don't compete with nobody but myself. When people try to compete with me, I look at them strangely because I'm in, co I'm in competition with no man but the best version of me that I see within myself when I close my eyes. That's why I have to manage my growth because I know who I am. I know how big I am. I'm much bigger on the inside than I appear on the outside. So I don't, I, I, don't have, I don't have a competition with any other man. Therefore, I'm not jealous or envious of anyone. I compete with the man I see when I close my eyes. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. This is the Amplified. It says, we do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or com compare ourselves 
with some who supply testimonials to commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and behave like fools. We, on the other hand, will not boast beyond our proper limit, but will keep within the limits of our commission, territory, authority, which God has granted to us as a measure, which reaches and includes even you. We, we know who we are, and we're going to live within those parameters. We're not trying to compare, compete with anyone, because we know who we are. And you see, the reason this is important is because purpose is as unique as a fingerprint. The wise man closes his eyes. He becomes blinded to the comparisons of the world and opens his spirit to the unique plan of God for him. Now, here's the, here's the confession. Repeating after me, I have no competition but myself. I am not responsible for other people's expectations of me. I am not intimidated by other people's rise or shine. I celebrate them while focusing on me. Every person must run their own race. I am becoming the person I can most admire. I live to please God and to impress no one but myself. How's it going so far? Number three, I will not expect people to promote me. I will not expect people to promote me. You know, we, we, we're brown nosing and kissing up to people and all of this kind of thing, thinking that people are our source. People are nothing but a resource. And the Bible really puts it uh, this way. It says, when a man's ways please God, He'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. You know what that means? He'll make his enemies pay him. People that don't even like you, but when, when God loves you because you're right with God, God will make even your enemies elevate you and promote you because God is ultimately the source of your promotion. You don't have to run around here. Uh, I don't want to say this. You know, I'm supposed to be a preacher. I don't want to say it like that. But you don't have to run around and just... Kissing up behind people, man. I'm telling you. You don't have to run around and kissing up behind people. Be nice. Do your job. Be respectful of others. Don't walk with an attitude. But you don't have to be around and kissing, you know, just kissing. You know what I'm talking about. Just, you ain't got to be around here kissing. No, no, no. You don't need to do all that kissing. I'm telling you. Because God is the one that will promote you. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 75 six and seven says for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south but god is the judge he putteth down one and setteth up another god pulls one down demotes one and promotes another 
because God is your source. God will take you and give you the position of the person that's giving you hell on your job. Mm. I felt that in my spirit prophetically right there. Because you have to understand, you know, that, that, that has to be a contract you make with yourself. I will not expect people to promote me. My feelings are not going to get hurt. You know, when people um, don't prefer me, that's cool. That's cool. I'm good. God has, God has people out there that are designed for my life. And what God has for me, God has for me. No one will block it. No one will stop it. I will no longer live my life running around here expecting people to promote me. God is the source of my promotion. Here's the confession. I am God's child. You can say that. You can say that. I know you, I know you might be sitting there with some weed in your hand right now. I said you can say that. I am God's child. If you ain't doing nothing but prophesying. This is, this is where you're going in life. Come on, say it. I am God's child. He is my source and my provider. What God has for me cannot be stopped. God promotes me under any conditions. God promotes me under any conditions. <laughs> God promoted Joseph from a prison cell. To the palace under any conditions. God took Isaac and gave him a hundredfold return in a land that was full of famine under any conditions. God promotes me. I will not expect people to promote me. God is my promoter. Now, number four, I am no longer forcing feudal relationships. Once I figure out this is a waste of time because I have to manage my time if I'm going to manifest my future. Once I figure out a relationship is a waste of my time, it has expired I am done. I am emotionally disconnected. The Spirit of God will help me. I will pray. Holy Spirit, disconnect every attachment, every entanglement, unwind it, every soul tie, unbind it, because I am no longer forcing feudal relationships. Too many days are wasted on people and relationships that contribute nothing to our lives. We grow to believe that we need relationships to succeed and to be of value. The reality is this. The wrong people in your life only serve to shrink you. They're like, you know, that, that product they have where you put the vac, you pack a bunch of stuff, clothes in it, and then they put the vacuum in it, and the vacuum sucks all the out, and it, it compresses it so flat that you can just, you know, 
pile it in your suitcase. You can pile a whole closet almost in your suitcase. Well, that's what the wrong relationships do. They suck all of the life out of you, suck all of the potential out of you, suck all of the value out of you, suck all of the future out of you. I am no longer forcing futile relationships. You're around here fighting for, why are you having to fight for a relationship? You're running behind people that are running away from you. Why? The wrong people in your life only serve to shrink you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 and 15 says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord with, hath Christ with Belial or the devil? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, an unbeliever? Why are y'all together? Why are you trying to force something that is not even designed to work? And here's the confession. I am delivered from relationship addiction. I am open and ready to receive God ordained, healthy, and mutually beneficial relationships. I am empowered to release the people God has not ordained. I release them with no guilt or anxiety. In Jesus' name. Now, number five. I am divorcing the excuses that keep me stuck in limbo. I'm divorcing all of my excuses. I've used these excuses, you know, to keep me from being accountable to who I know I really am. So I, I, I use these excuses, you know, they did this and they did that and because I didn't have this or because I didn't have that, that's why I'm not reaching my potential. All of that's been a lie. Excuses keep you from pulling the trigger because you're afraid to pull the trigger. The only way to hit the mark is to aim and to act. You're always thinking about it, always praying about it, but you're never doing anything about it. Excuses. I am divorcing all of my excuses. If you look in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 4 through 6, we it talks here pretty much about the paralysis of analysis, the paralysis of analysis. And that's what people who, uh, you know, who are married to excuses usually suffer with. They always analyze. I'm thinking it through. I'm praying about it. I'm getting another opinion on it. You come back a year later. I'm still praying about it. Wow, man, God, God must be very busy. He ain't got back to you yet. God, God been got to you. You, you, you're just sitting there making excuses. Listen to what Ecclesiastes 11, 4 through 6 says. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, 
And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap, as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God, who maketh all things. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. What he's saying is get off of get off your bottom and do something. Bust a move. Bust a move. Stop making all of these excuses. I'm looking at the wind. Ooh, the wind looking bad. You never will make a move. As long as you're married to those excuses, you never will make a move. Now let me give you some common areas where we make excuses. Dead in relationships. You, you, you've been knowing this is a feudal relationship, but you've been doing what? Making excuses. Why? Because you, you feel like your value is tied into who you're tied to. You feel like, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to get somebody else. You ain't got nobody now. You ain't got nobody now. I say, I say, I say, I say, you ain't got nobody now, baby. You by yourself now. Because you got somebody sleeping up in the bed, jumping up and down, having sex with you. That don't mean you got, you ain't got nobody. You ain't got nobody. You ain't got nobody. It's dead end. And, and the sad part is, as, as long as you got the hoop that parked in the parking space, God can't drive the Bentley in that he has. He's had, his, he's had a Bentley circling for you, but you got this hoop that's stuck in the parking space. And you, you, you're just constantly making excuses rather than putting that thing in reverse and pushing that sucker out into the, you know, wherever. Just get it out of your space so that you can make room for what God really has for you for 2022. You keep making excuses about, you know... A dead-end relationship. Unfulfill, unfulfilling jobs. You know, God has put something in your spirit and it's been in there. I mean, it's been strong for the last couple of years, but you keep sticking with the job because, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's comfortable. It's a sure thing. You don't have to use your faith. You don't have to take any risk. But all, all the while, you're dying because you know that you're not maximizing. So you keep making, making excuses as to why you stay with an unfulfilling job. Immature mindsets. You make excuses for all of this childishness, this gossip. Man, when are you going to grow up? It's so horrible to see old people, you know, talking about everybody. You can't look at somebody without... Something negative to say. Now, if somebody looked at you and just really scrutinized you like that, what do you think they could come up with? That's a, that's a childish mindset. Bitterness is an immature mindset. You know, Mandela said, you know, you, 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 unforgiveness is like drinking poison, waiting for the person that hurt you to die. And you sticking with it, you know, I ain't letting it go. I'm mad. I'm angry. At a certain point, you need to figure out it ain't working for you. You know, offense, just, just offend it. You make excuses as to why, you know, you, you just, you're just holding on to this immature mindset, jealousy. 
instead of calling the thing what it is and getting that thing uprooted out of your life and getting delivered, you're sitting around here, you're constantly jealous of people and you're making excuses for this immature mindset. Letter D, irresponsible financial habits. We make excuses for our, our poor financial choices because there's no way in the world that you should have been in good health, uh, had a job for the last, you know, you, you, you 30 years old now, you've been working since you were 18 and, and you, you still got, you still got credit issues. Your credit score is still, you, you can't, you, you can't even buy bubble gum on credit. You, you struggling to get a house at 30, 35, 40 years old because your credit is bad. You haven't had any major health challenges. You've been employed. You, you have some, some poor, you have some irresponsible financial habits somewhere. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, you know the system, and I do understand that the system works against certain marginalized people, but not to that extent. Not to that extent. Not to that extent. In most of these cases, there are some irresponsible financial habits that you're constantly making excuses for rather than challenging those areas and changing. And then here's another one we make, you know, common areas we make excuses in, poor dietary habits. Oh, you know, just the way I, I can't find, just the way I was raised, I can't find nothing, I can't find all the kind of food. You know, I live in New Orleans, that, that's why I eat, you know, uh, pork three times a day, and that's why I eat grease and all of my arteries are clogged up, and that's why I eat cayenne pepper, because they don't cook nothing healthy in New Orleans. That's a lie. That's a complete and total lie. Man, when we eating bad, myself included, we eating bad because we just got some bad habits, and we, we got to break those habits. Most of us that are overweight, it ain't no, it ain't no uh, what, what they call it, um, you know, ain't no gland problem. Uh, it ain't no, it ain't no genetics. You know, it ain't no thyroid. Uh, you know, come on now. Is that we got some bad habits? We sitting up there eating all of this ice cream and cake and pie all night long, and then you know we we eat nothing but salt and and starch. We got French fries and rice on the same table at the same time. Come on now, it's it's bad dietary habits, and ain't no sense in making excuses, but because excuses do not love you. It's not until you recognize and divorce the excuses, it's not until then that you're going to get your life unstuck. Here's the confession. I am getting out of my own way. I take full responsibility for the time I've wasted in useless delays. That's what an excuse is, a useless delay. I am taking action. I am walking by faith and not by sight. I am shifting from my head to my spirit. I am fully persuaded God cannot lie and I cannot fail. I will not make excuses. I will make changes in Jesus' name. And then number six, and we're done. I will shift my language to match my preferred future.
I'm going to stop with all of this negative talk. I'm not going to be desiring a husband in my heart and then out of my mouth, ain't no good men out here. Well, why, did, why has God put that desire in your heart? God, God puts a desire in your heart because he has uh, an anticipation that he's going to be able to manifest that thing in your life. But a lot of times your own words are working against the thing you actually desire in your heart. You got to get this negative, um, demonic language out of your mouth. Job chapter 22 verses 27 and 28 says, Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him. And he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. So you're going to have to shift your language to match your preferred future. I don't care what you're feeling, you got to begin to speak the opposite. If you're feeling something negative, speak the opposite. If you're feeling something positive and godly, give, 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 give language to it. Because your words, death and life, the Bible says, are in the power of the tongue. Your words are creating your world. When God got ready to create the universe, he said something and it was. You and I must begin to speak what we desire to see. Stop speaking what you're looking at and speak what you desire to see. I will shift my language to match my preferred future. And then here's the confession. I cancel every negative stronghold in me. And a stronghold is a mindset that produces negative words. I am the prophet of my own destiny. I shall have whatever I say. And I say I am healed. I say I am happy. I say I am healthy. I say I am purposeful. I say I am blessed. And I say I am a blessing. And I say, I am protected, and I say, I am loved. And the list goes on and on and on to the break of dawn, like Donkey Kong. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. You got to shift that language to match your preferred future. Now, I want you to take these things, and I want you to put them in a prominent place that you can see them. Every day of this year. And when you find your life drifting away from the contract, come back to remind yourself. Even come back to this video to remind yourself of where you have to be between your ears. You got to go there between your ears before you can go there in your life. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, as this year winds down and as a new one opens up we thank you for the opportunity to do it again every one of us that uh, is here and is breathing this is an opportunity for us to do it again now god i thank you for giving them the spirit of optimism and faith and hope 
that they will understand that it's not as bad as it looks and that you do have a great plan for their lives. And now, Father, my prayer is that you will breathe upon them, breathe upon them right now and let a special grace and anointing come upon them to know who they are, to know what they deserve and to give them the stamina and the wherewithal to go after what you have in, in store and have planned for them. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Now listen, I want to say Happy New Year to you. Now what I need you to do is I need you to go to um, rcblakes.com, sign up for my mailing list, and uh, be certain to check out all of my online programs. Great time to start one of those programs as the, as the new year opens up. Queenology, uh, soul ties, you know, wisdom for women in ministry, whatever the case may be. Transcending the father wound. Uh, great time to start one of those programs. Don't forget to go by Amazon, pick up any or all of my books. I think they'll make some great reads for the new year. And uh, we want to thank you. Lisa and I want to thank you for supporting us and for giving those of you that have given to us today and have given and sown into us all through the year. We love you with all of our hearts and we thank you so much. And we appreciate you and we are praying for you. We are praying for you in uh, 2022. Now listen, those of you that may need counseling, you want, to, you want to open the year with some form of counseling. We have a relationship with BetterHelp Counseling. And the link is in the description. If you use that link, it will afford you 10% off of the cost of the counseling. And BetterHelp, because of our referring them, will make a deposit into R.C. Blake's Ministries. Now, I love you. I thank God for you with all of my heart. You're on top and you're going higher. God has more in store for you. So as we say here in New Orleans, I'll see you at the top, baby. <laughs> God bless you. We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you're there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top. Have you ever wondered what it will be like to be mentored and taught by R.C. and Lisa? To be a part of an exclusive group with opportunities to ask questions to R.C. directly? there is a program called Mordecai Mission. It may be the opportunity you're looking for. Mordecai is a 12-week program conducted on Zoom by R.C. and Lisa. The program is named Mordecai because it was Mordecai who mentored Esther into her reign as queen. R.C. has been called the King of Queens. His passion for empowering women is like that of Mordecai. The program is for women seeking spiritual and emotional healing as well as a sense of purpose and a return to self-love. It's biblically based and spiritually empowered. 
It is roughly an hour of teaching done by RC. It then moves into Q&A. The program is based on three pillars. One, inner healing. Two, self-discovery. And three, self-development. The program runs for 12 weeks straight. Meetings are at the same time every weekend. The meetings are about 90 minutes to two hours. To be a part of the next group, go to www.rcblakes.com and register. Seats are limited. Pray about it. And if you feel a witness in your heart, don't procrastinate. Go ahead and register.